Good morning, everyone. Um, a very warm welcome to you all here in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, um, and a special welcome to those who may be new among us. You're especially welcome, and also welcome to those who are joining us online. We're live streaming uh, this service, so a special welcome to, to you. Um, we may be um, lower in number. Uh, there are a number that I know of that have uh, succumbed to uh, illness um, and so uh, they're maybe staying clear, they may be watching now. So um, we, our prayers are that you may uh, fully and uh, quickly recover um, as, uh, uh, in your time of illness that God would speak to you and be present with you, uh, but he would restore you completely. Um, I want to say a special thank you to Andrew, who stepped in last minute uh, to be our musician uh, today. So thank you very much, uh, Andrew. And um, we are thankful that God is present here with us, just as he promises uh, that he is present here and that he brings about his purposes uh, in our lives. Today is also Mothering Sunday, and so we'll be uh, giving uh, thanks to God for um, mothers and uh, for those that have gone before us and for those that are presently caring for, for little ones and, um, and, and actually you never, never stop do you, uh, being a parent, as it were. So um, we're going to be praying there. And we're going to be looking at, um, later on, at Encounters with Jesus. We're going to continue our series and we're looking at Martha, uh, one of Jesus' friends. So we'll, we'll uh, be um, thinking upon Martha later on. I'm going to ask uh, Julie if she can just uh, share with us about Alpha. So thank you, Julie. Just a, a, and I want to advertise the next Daytime Alpha, which starts in May for eight sessions, just for you to be thinking about. Maybe you've got someone that you could bring along. And um, I, I can do no better than to read out the testimony uh, from the last person who was on the Alpha, uh, Claire, uh, who's up in the balcony there. And she writes this. In January 2020, I started reading the Bible and that's where it all began for me. Then in 2021, I started attending a local Bible study group and asking lots of questions along the way. A lovely lady there, who is now a friend, asked if I wanted to attend an Alpha course at Brighton Road where I could learn more about the Christian faith. I agreed as I was keen to further my understanding. I am so pleased I did as it was a great way to learn. I made friends in the group and attend the church here now and have felt so welcome from day one. So thank you to everyone who makes Claire welcome. It was a group made up of those new to the faith along with those who have been Christians all their life and others who are not sure. We started each week with a cup of coffee and cake and then went on to watch a video all of which were very informative, explained well, and at times very moving. Some of the testimonies have stuck in my mind at how it has transformed people's lives beyond anything that they could have imagined. After each video, we would discuss what we had watched and the topic we were covering that week, and we felt completely at ease to ask any questions we wanted to help us understand Christianity and faith further. They were answered with compassion and wisdom. It didn't matter what we were asking or possibly how challenging they were there to answer. I would recommend this course definitely, even if you are not sure what you believe in, or if you have been a Christian for years but not done this course before, it is beneficial for all. So thank you, Claire, for, for sharing that with us. So May, for eight sessions, May and June, 10.30 to 11.45 in the chapel, 
um, just an inform, informal time, and uh, we would love to see you. So please be praying about who, who you might be able to bring along or come along yourself. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, Julie. Um, if you're like me and you can't remember details just off the cuff like that, the, uh, there will be information on our website and also there will be uh, leaflets um, uh, handed out in due course and uh, it may be that you want to uh, pass that on to a friend. You, you may want to come along with that friend. I, I think it's always the best way and, um, and, and take part in that course. It's very enjoyable and um, we're, we're very thankful for Claire's sharing with us uh, today and um, we, we, uh, we continue to pray for God's uh, work uh, within our lives, transforming our lives and leading us in his way. Some words from Psalm 139. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. When we look at one another, uh, we know that God has done a good thing in creating us, in bringing us into being, in knitting us together. And uh, he uses uh, that kind of process of, of birth, conception, birth and so on, to bring us about in a miraculous way, in a way that we, we try to understand and we grow in our understanding but don't fully understand how that comes to be and, and how uh, great and wonderful uh, we are in God's eyes. Don't accept uh, the lie that is whispered to you to say that you are not wonderful, that you are not fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, we can uh, accept those lies uh, and they will do us harm. We need to hear what the scriptures say and agree with them and allow the scriptures to transform our thinking if we've been thinking otherwise. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works, O oh God, are wonderful. So when you look at yourself in the mirror and you take a good old glance, you can say, God's works are wonderful. I'm sure that's what you did this morning when you brushed your teeth. We're going to thank God. We're going to praise God with our first uh, hymn together. Now thank we all our God. Let's uh, express our worship, our praise to God for who he is and what he has done. Thank you. 
your seats and let's continue in prayer. We're going to lead us by using, firstly, a prayer by St. Anselm. Jesus, like a mother, you gather your people to you. You are gentle with us, as a mother with her children. Despair turns to hope through your sweet goodness. Through your gentleness we find comfort in fear. Your warmth gives life to the dead. Your touch makes sinners righteous. Lord Jesus, in your mercy, heal us. In your love and tenderness, remake us. In your compassion, bring grace and forgiveness. For the beauty of heaven, may your love prepare us. Amen. And Father, we continue to seek your face. We thank you for your goodness towards us. We thank you that you have loved and cared for each one of us here. And we realise, Lord, that in our lives that things are not always as they should be. And perhaps there are things in our past, things in our upbringing, that are not as they should have been. And Lord, we do bring you all that we are, including the ways in which we may have been hurt by those who should have cared for us. And we thank you, Father, for those who have cared for us. We thank you for those mothers that have shown great love and sacrifice. We thank you, Father, for your kindness. We thank you for those, Lord, who have given their lives in giving birth, in raising children. We do acknowledge also the pain and the difficulty for those that would have wished to have been mothers and yet were not, or those that have lost a child or children. And Lord, we are saddened to see that this continues to happen in our world today, where those who are about to give birth, those who are with child, are killed. And those, Lord, who have lost children. Lord, we cry out to you for your mercy and your help, that though we celebrate and we rejoice your goodness in so many ways, we also acknowledge that there are so many ways in this world where things are not as they should be. And so we come honestly before you, and we ask that you would meet with each one of us, that you would speak to us by the presence and power of your Holy Spirit. We ask that you would be leading us towards yourself, that you would be awakening us, enlivening us. We ask, bring to birth in us those things that you have planned. Lord, those things that have been conceived that are from your spirit in us, may they, as it were, come to full term. We ask, Lord, for your goodness and grace upon each one of us here in this place. Those, Lord, that are at home, those, Lord, that uh, are being cared for, Lord, we pray that you may move among us wherever we are, physically, and spiritually. Lord, we turn towards you. Lord, at the outset of this time together, we acknowledge that we are not oftentimes as we should be, and we ask for your forgiveness for our sin. Remove it far from us, just as you have promised. Cleanse us, renew us, restore us. Thank you that in Christ Jesus, that those who are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. 
We thank you for that forgiveness that is offered to us through the cross of Christ, full and free. That we cannot earn it, we don't deserve it, but by faith we receive your good gift. So this day we pray bless us, move among us, pour out your spirit upon us. Speak to us, help us to hear and listen to what you have to say and help us to to obey you. In Jesus' name we offer our prayers. Amen. We're going to continue by singing our next song. We, uh, as we approach Easter as well, we're mindful of um, how Jesus has come for each one of us. And that with Christ Jesus there is resurrection hope. And so we sing our next song, number 378, Low in the Grave He Lay. you know uh, the, the words, I'm sure you know that the, the words Alleluia, though we are familiar with that, it, it of course means praise the Lord. So as we're saying Alleluia, we are praising the Lord for what he has done, for what he has wrought among us. What an incredible thing he has done in this world in sending Jesus to the cross and to the grave and then up from the grave. We're going to read um, a story together from John chapter 11 and and this precedes Jesus' death but is also about resurrection, a familiar story to many of us I'm sure. So we're going to see this on the screen. In John chapter 11, I'm going to read this, Uh, we're going to read this, I'll read it uh, to us. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from 
Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters, that's Mary and Martha, sent words to Jesus. Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. Then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, which means teacher, they said, a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you are going back there? Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by this world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. The disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, called Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Mother answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who was to come into the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. 
When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there there is a a bad odour, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Now God, we want to thank you for your word. We pray that you would speak to us today. And help us to hear what you are saying. Amen. Before I speak upon this passage, we're going to sing again together. Number 605, Who is he in yonder stall? Again, a a song that we would perhaps sing at uh, Christmas time. Of course, it's not Christmas time, but it also speaks uh, of the events around Good Friday and Easter Sunday as we approach those days. Let's sing together.
So we look at uh, continued encounters with Jesus and we're considering in this story Martha in particular. I just want us to kind of go through the, the beginning bit together. A man named Lazarus was sick. Well, we begin this story with sickness, illness, disease, deadly disease it turns out. We don't begin where we would like to be. This is, in the midst of sickness, is where we don't want to be. But this is where Martha and her sister Mary and Lazarus are. This may be where we are, maybe where you are, maybe where those are that are listening today. All is not well, it seems with us, with our loved ones. And yet this is where we begin. We read how Lazarus was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And uh, we're told about Mary, her love and devotion to the Lord. Uh, we're not focusing on Mary today. There's much that could be said about Mary. But the sisters... Mary and Martha together sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. See, they were in no doubt that Jesus loved him. Jesus loved Lazarus. In fact, Jesus loves them. In verse 5, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So we know for certain because the scriptures are true, that Jesus loved them. That Jesus, we also know, loves you. He loves you. And yet you may be unwell, or your loved ones may be unwell, and the reason why you are not well, or your loved one is not well, is not because Jesus does not love them or love you. Illness is not evidence of a lack of love from God for you, for me, for others. In the midst of illness, disease, despair, darkness, difficulty, trouble, toil, turmoil, God loves you. We need to hold fast to that, hold on to that. And here we see Martha and Mary offering a prayer to Jesus. They're sending a message to him. We could think of prayer as a message sent and received, a letter, an email, a scroll in the hand, as it were, a WhatsApp, quick text. Instant delivery. Not always instant reply, though. 
We want instant, easy replies, I'm sure. But we don't always get it in the way that we wish. You may send an email to someone and wonder, wonder why they haven't replied to you within 10 seconds. You may have sent a, a WhatsApp message and looking for those two little ticks turn blue to know that they've received it. And when they turn blue, you're thinking, well, why aren't they replying? Because we want instant replies. We phone someone up, we leave a message, and we twiddle our thumbs. Wonder when, when they're going to get back to us. We think perhaps they haven't got it, we send them another message. We want instant interactions, instant replies in an instant world. But we don't always get things the way we want. Yet, when it comes to Jesus, Jesus always has the best in store. Jesus always has what is good in store. And when Jesus heard this, he said... This sickness will not end in death. See, Jesus knows the end from the beginning. He knew your beginning. He saw you when you were formed. Miraculously, amazingly, mysteriously. And has seen you grow. And has seen you go through life. He knows our beginning and he knows our end. And he knows all that's in the middle. And he knew in that, in, uh, that in this instant, Jesus, um, Lazarus's illness would not end in death at this time. Death was not to be his destination, but for Lazarus to stop along the way. Himself and uh, Anaya went on the train yesterday to the Ideal Home exhibition. We were given... Uh, very uh, blessedly, uh, free tickets by someone who was in an ex- uh, on one of the stands there. And uh, so we went there, and um, me and trying to work out train timetables and stuff, especially yesterday when everything's cancelled and, you know, routes are all over the place. But we got there. The ideal home was our destination, yet we had to make several stops on the way. We had to change trains and so on. But we got there in the end. See, Jesus knew what was going to happen, what he was going to do for Lazarus and Martha and Mary. And Jesus knows what he is going to do for you, what's going to happen in our lives. He knows everything about us. He knows the ups and downs in our lives. Remember, he loves us. He loves you. He knows everything. For the Christian, sickness does not end in death. Jesus has in mind something better, bigger, bolder. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it, Jesus says. You see, Jesus has in view the glory of God, the glory of his Father. The glory of the Father is also the glory of the Son, And through this delay, this journey, Jesus would be glorified. Let me urge you, on your journey, in all the delay, in all the discomfort, seek God's glory as paramount. Lord, will you be glorified through this? Will you be glorified through me? Whether things turn out how I want them to turn out, how I think they should turn out, above all else, I realise, Lord, that I don't know everything and that there are some mysteries too great for me. Will you be glorified? That's my prayer. Will you be glorified through my life in this situation that I'm in? Because I know that if I pray that prayer, you will answer it. See, our lives are not about our glory. They're about God's glory. And Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. 
Again, hearing clearly about Jesus' love, that's not up for debate, that's clear as day, that's clear and bold. He loves them. And it may be that you've not experienced love from others in the way that you should have, from a parent or parents, from a spouse, from a child, from a friend, and you've been hurt, but know that you are loved by God. Jesus 100% loves you. In fact, his love for you is immeasurable. We can't put a figure on it. He demonstrates his love for you in this, that whilst we were still sinners, whilst we were still God's enemies, whilst we were still living in rebellion against God, who loves us, Christ died for us. That's a demonstration of his love. If you want to know how much God loves you, look to the cross of Christ. Jesus loved them so he stayed where he was for two days. It's a strange way of showing love. He didn't come running. He didn't drop everything. And we're not actually told what he did with those two days. As though he had something better to do. There's nothing recorded for us, nothing saying, well, he did this amazing thing and that's why he was delayed. We're not told anything. Whatever was so important that he didn't go to Bethany to see his dearly loved friends. But we know that Jesus loves them. So he waits. And he waits. And how I cannot understand how difficult that must have been for Jesus. To have been in perfect obedience to his Father and waited. Maybe everything in in him was saying, I want to go. And yet he waited because he knew that this was for greater glory and greater purposes for the timing to be just right sometimes we have to wait for God's waiting sometimes God waits for us waits for us to turn round he tells us what we should do and we don't do it and he waits for us So we must wait for him sometimes and to rest in God's timing and know that his timing and his ways are not necessarily our ways. He doesn't always do the immediate thing. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up, he says. Lazarus is a friend also of the disciples. Our friend Lazarus. I can only imagine what the disciples are thinking as well. They may not have understood the delay. He's our friend. Why are we not going? Certainly they seem to understand the graveness of the illness. You see, he's sick. And yet Jesus talks about sleep. And so they think, well, maybe this is natural sleep. Maybe it's not as bad as it was made out to be. Jesus, you see, is able to wake a person from death as easily as a person is woken from sleep. Except if you're trying to wake me up. I sleep for anything, I think, at times. See, for the believer, death is simply sleep. We sleep and then we wake up with Jesus. 
But he tells them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. You see, sometimes Jesus' obscure speech is not easily understood. And yet, I'm so thankful, at least for for my experience, that, that God speaks at times plainly for my poor understanding. And you can imagine the gasps for the disciples as Jesus drops this bombshell of Lazarus' death. Why did he delay then? If this was a grave illness. I mean, what are we meant to believe? We know that you can make a sick person well. We've seen that time and time again. But here we're dealing with death. A dead man is now on our hands. I mean, what can be done about that? And on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Surely too late. Four days. See, it was some uh, Jewish thought around this was that if uh, the spirit of a man hung around the body for, for three days, uh, but after at four it was too late the spirit had gone one of the midrashic traditions uh, speaks of this but certainly there was a a sense of decay about this he's not he's not going to go back into his body because it's already started to go off let's focus upon Martha at this point See, many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. She's surrounded by mourning, but also comforting as best they could. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home and she hears Jesus is on his way. And she goes out to meet Jesus. She goes out, unlike her sister Mary, And, of course, she goes out and we're told that Jesus hasn't even entered the village yet. She's in such a kind of hurry to to go and meet him. She's not kind of waited for him to come to her. She's gone out in search for him. And she's got something to say to him. She's got something on her mind, of course. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. You know, sometimes I I wish that we heard the tone from scripture and we can only suppose. I don't know how she said that. I, I know how I might say that. I might say it with a sense of anger, sense of disappointment, sense of resentment, sense of frustration. What kind of friends do you call yourself? Perhaps. And in fact, we hear Martha and Mary saying exactly the same thing. My supposing is that they were talking about it together. If Jesus had been here, our brother wouldn't have died. And they, they parrot, they say exactly the same thing. There was this feeling, this... It was dwelling there. It was raw. You see, they understand that Jesus can heal the sick. But their brother is now no longer sick. He is dead. Dead and buried. Dead, buried and decaying in the grave. But Martha adds something to her statement of hopelessness it seems in the face of death but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask again I'd love to know what she meant by that because I think she doesn't mean that she is expecting Lazarus to come alive again out of the grave because later on she protests that by look, uh, but Lord, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there four days. 
In other words, by this time, it's too late, Jesus. So I'm wondering whether she thought that Lazarus was going to be raised from the dead. I don't think so, but who knows? You know, it seems to me that Martha is thinking, Jesus, by now, as in you've missed the time. You've missed the opportune time, Jesus. And and that may be something that we cry out, God, you've missed the boat. You're too late. It's too late for me. It's too late for me. I want to say right now, it is not too late for you. If you're here, if you're listening, it is not too late for you. You have opportunity. If you're hearing his voice today, turn to him without delay. It's not too late today. As long as today is called today, it's not too late. And Martha is someone who perhaps is very conscious about time and stuff like that. Remember the incident with Martha and Mary and Martha's busying around trying to get things ready, preparing for Jesus and missing out on what Mary was getting, just sitting with Jesus. And maybe Martha is one of those people who's, come on, come on, come on. But she says, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. See, she and Jesus then have this dialogue dialogue outside the village. Your brother will rise again. I know he will rise again at the resurrection at the last day again. She's thinking much further on. But there is faith and there is belief there in, in resurrection power. Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she says. That's her simple belief. And she believes that he is the Messiah, the Son of God, who's coming into the world. But Jesus is going to reveal something bigger about that who he is as Messiah, that he has lordship over even death and decay. And we know the story, of course, of what's going to happen to Lazarus, but Martha didn't, not at this point. Mary didn't. All they know is that if Jesus had been there, their brother wouldn't have died. But Jesus is revealing to Martha himself in an in a incredible way, an extraordinary way, an amazing truth about Jesus that I want us to hear and to know and to believe. I am the resurrection and the life. And, and he gives an amazing application of this truth. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And he asks the question, do you believe this? And that's the question we have before us today. Do you believe this? That Jesus is the resurrection and the life. That you can place your very life in his hands. You can place the entirety of your eternity in his hands. And may we reply as Martha replied, Yes, Lord, I believe. You see, she believed that Jesus was the Messiah, but didn't at that moment fully appreciate the, the implications of this for herself, for her sister, and for her brother. Because again, when Jesus says, take away the stone, Martha seems to recoil at the idea because she says, but Lord. It's as though, you know, she, you can imagine her putting her hand on, on his shoulder and saying, but, but Lord, you know, stop it. Take away the stone. 
By this time there is a bad odour. Lovely insight into Martha's thinking here. She was worried about the smell. She was worried about the sensitivities there around the grave. At the possibility of resurrection power, she is thinking about the odour. And John, as he writes this, he's emphasising the fact that that Lazarus is a dead man. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? I want to end here. You see, Jesus today calls you, in the midst of your circumstance, to look to him. To know that he loves you. And that whatever is happening in your situation, to do with timing, illness, difficulty, trouble, does not nullify that love. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love you, that Jesus doesn't love you. God loves you. He is your Messiah. He is your Saviour, your King. He came to die for you. You are not the exception. And he is your resurrection and your life. And there may be things in your life that you feel are dead, are gone, are in the grave, they're hopeless. But here is Jesus calling for the stone to be removed. And within you there rise up these kind of sensitivities, these objections, these rejections. But Lord, but Lord, but Lord. And yet Jesus stands there, remove the stone. We may think it's too late. It's going to cause a stink. If you are going to do in my life, What you said you're going to do, it's going to cause problems. It's going to cause trouble, Lord. For me, for people around me, I'm I'm a bit afraid, Lord. Because I'm, I'm fearful. I feel sensitive to these things, Lord. And and there may be things rising up within you, even even hearing yourself quote Moses, Lord, please send someone else to do it. And yet God is calling you. And God is speaking to you. And God is saying, I'm removing the stone. So they took away the stone and Jesus looked up and he prayed, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew you'll always hear me. I say this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And as John puts it, the dead man came out. What a contradiction of terms. Yet his hands and his feet were still wrapped with strips and linen. I'd love to have seen how he came out. You know, all bound. And a cloth around his face, the burial cloth, of course, that they would put over the face that in Jesus' case was neatly folded on the side. Read it for yourself. Neatly folded on the side. And Jesus says to them, he has something more to say to them. Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Let him go. Today, I think God is saying to people, the grave clothes have got to come off now. Your old life has gone. As it were, you were dead and buried in in your sins, but your new life has come in Christ. Take off the grave clothes. Get rid of everything that hinders, everything that holds you back, everything that restricts you from walking in the newness and power of this new life in Christ. Take off the grave clothes and let him go. And maybe you need to let your... Sounds strange, doesn't it? Let yourself go. You need to let yourself go. 
Be obedient to God now. Do the things that God has called you to do, that you've held back from doing, and live for Him. No longer tied, restricted by that, those, that kind of sinful habit, those chains, those restrictions, those things that hold you back, but be obedient now in God's strength and with God's power and see what happens. And it may cause some trouble, as it did with Lazarus, because suddenly there's the power of God at work in a new way through you, in a way that had never been seen before, that you hadn't seen before, and yet now is the day of a new beginning, a new chapter in your life. Let my people go. Let's pray. Our Father, we want to thank you for your great love for us, demonstrated through Jesus Christ, hanging upon the cross for us, our sin nailed there. Gone. Dealt with. Paid for. It is finished, Jesus cries from the cross, and he pays the price that we cannot pay. And thank you for his resurrection power, the resurrection power for the Christian to live a new life now in Christ. The old has gone, the new has come, the new creation. Those who are in Christ there is now no condemnation. Thank you for forgiveness through Jesus, full and free. And we want to offer to you all the things that have held us back. The bitterness, the anger, the unforgiveness, the resentment, the shame, the past failures, the way that we've got ourselves into sinful wrongdoing, the lack of love, the lack of grace, the lack of faith. Lord, we give it all to you and we come before you just as we are. We can come no other way. We are where we are right now, but Lord, we do not want to stay there. We want to go on with you now. So we thank you that you are the God that removes stones that you are the God who breaks the seal upon the stone, that you are the God who removes grave clothes, that you are the God who says, let my people go. I pray right now that you would be letting people go, left, right and centre, here in this fellowship and in this land today, and that you would be setting your people free. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you for your great love for us. We pray, Lord, help us in these days ahead of us to walk in the newness of life that Christ brings, to walk by faith, not by sight, to no longer reject you in ways that we may have done, but to accept you and re receive you daily, that daily bread that we need. Lord, our obedience is better than any sacrifice that we may have to offer. And so, Lord, we pray, may you find in us the people who are ready, willing, able to obey you in these days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing a closing song, Andrew. I'm going to cut out one, the, the song that we had next. Um, oh, actually, no, no, keep that up. We'll sing this as our closing song. So we'll sing number 229. Is that right? 229, I'm accepted? Yeah. So we'll sing this as our closing song. I'm accepted, I'm forgiven. I'd like us to remain seated and just reflect upon what you've heard today. If you want someone to pray with you, I'm more than happy to do that. 
Um, and uh, it may be that you, you want to meet up today or some other time. And it may be that God has said some things to you and you think, actually, I need someone else to pray with me. Uh, just to, and, and you know, myself uh, or a, a lady, uh, another lady can pray for you. Um, just to be able to act upon what God is saying to us today. If you hear his voice today, the Bible says, don't harden your heart, but receive and, and believe and act upon it. So let's sing our closing uh, song. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.